Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Hello, everyone. We're back in the book of Exodus. We're going to be looking at chapters 34 and 35 today. Um, Moses has just uh, broken the tablets because the people were um, disobeying. And now we're back at 34. God's going to call Moses back up to the mountain and give him the the covenant again. And then we're going to see a picture of how the people are setting up the tabernacle to, to begin to worship. So, chapter 34, verse 1, the Lord said to Moses, Cut for yourself two tablets of stone like the first, and I will write on the tablets the words that were on the first tablets which you broke. Number Verse 2, be ready by the morning and come up in the morning to Mount Sinai and present yourself there to me on the top of the mountain. Verse 3, no one shall come up with you, let, and let no one be, um, be seen throughout all the mountains. Let no flocks or herds graze opposite that mountain. So, verse 4, Moses cut two tablets of stone like the first, and he rose up early in the morning and went to up on Mount Sinai as the Lord had commanded him, and took in his hand two tablets of stone. The Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. The Lord passed before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious to Slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving inequity and transgression and sin, but who will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the inequity of the fathers on the children and the children's children to the third and the fourth generation. And so the Lord is proclaiming who he is. The Lord is describing himself. You want a description of the Lord? That's a description of the Lord gives us right then and there. And isn't it interesting that the sins of one generation really affect the children and the children's children? Verse 8, And Moses quickly bowed his head toward the earth and worshipped. And he said, If now I have found favor in your sight, O Lord, please let the Lord go in the midst of us. For it is a stiff-necked people. And pardon our iniquity and our sin and take us for your inheritance. So Moses, again, is praying on behalf of the people to intercede for them, to please pardon the people. And this is much like Christ does for us. He is our intercessor. 
Verse 10, and he said, Behold, I am making a covenant. Before all your people I will do marvels, such as not been created in all the earth or in any nation. And all the people among whom you are shall see the work of the Lord, for it is an awesome thing that I will do with you. Observe, verse 11, what I command you this day. Behold, I will drive out before you the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Electrolytes. As McGee says, take care lest you make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land to which you go, lest it become a snare in your midst. That's like we need to do today. We, we need to live like we're immortal. We like we have eternal life now and not get tied down in the mortal stuff. Verse 13, you shall tear down their altars and break their pillars and cut down their ashram. For you shall worship no other God for the Lord whose name is jealous, is a jealous God. God is a jealous God. He's jealous to save you. He's jealous that you have his love. His jealous is that you won't die in your sins. Lest you make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land, and when they whore after their gods and sacrifice to their gods, and you are invited, you eat of his sacrifice, and you take of their daughters for your sons, and their daughters whore after their gods, and make your sons whore after their gods. Verse 17, you shall not make for yourself any gods of cast metal. Verse 18, you shall keep the feast of unleavened bread. Seven days you shall eat unleavened bread as I command you. So the whole bunch of things, rules and regulations about feasts, I'm going to skip over those, um, but those are just things with regards to feasting and what you can and can't eat. Verse 29, When Moses came down from the Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the testimony in his hands as he came down from the mountain, Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone because he had been talking with God. Verse 30, Aaron and all the people of Israel saw Moses, and behold, the skin of his face shone, and they were afraid to come near him, but Moses called to them, and Aaron and all the leaders of the congregation returned to him, and Moses talked with them. Afterward, all the people of Israel came near, and he commanded them all that the Lord had spoken with him in Mount Sinai. And when Moses had finished speaking with them, he put a veil over his face. Verse 34, Whoever Moses went in before the Lord to speak with him, he would remove the veil until he came out. And when he came out, he told the people of Israel what he commanded. The people of Israel would see the face of Moses, that the skin of Moses' face was shining, and Moses would put the veil over his face again until he went in to speak with him. So Moses here has got this, uh, this now this shining light uh, reflecting of the Lord, and the people can see, can see that reflecting in him. And we need to reflect the light of the Lord, too, through Jesus Christ in us. That's what we never can underestimate, what God can do through us. Just like Moses, he could never underestimate what God <clears throat> could do through him. Verse 35, I mean, chapter 35 Moses assembled all the congregation of the people of Israel and said to them, These are the things that the Lord has commanded you to do. Six days' work shall be done, but on the seventh day you shall have a Sabbath of solemn rest, holy to the Lord. Whoever does any work on it shall be put to death. 
you shall kindle no fire in all your dwelling places on the Sabbath day. Then Moses said to the congregation of the people of Israel, This is the thing that the Lord has commanded. Take from among you a contribution to the Lord. Whoever is of a generous heart, let him bring the Lord's contribution. Gold, silver, and bronze, blue, and purple, and scarlet yarns, and fine twine, linen, goat's hair, tanned ram skins and goat skins, a kale wood, oil for the light, spices for the anointing oil, and for the fragrance incense, and onyx stones, and stones for the setting, and the ephod, and, the, and for the breastpiece. Let every skilled craftsman, verse 10, come to you and make all that the Lord has commanded, the tabernacle, its tent. And he's talking about all the different things they're supposed to make. Verse 20, Then all the congregation of the people of Israel departed from the presence of Moses, and they, and they came, every one whose heart stirred him, and every one whose spirit moved him, and brought the Lord's contribution to be used for the tent of the meeting, and for all its service, and for the holy garments. So they came, both men and women, all of whom were a willing heart, brought brooches of earrings, and signet rings, and armlets, and all sorts of gold objects. Every man dedicated an offering of gold to the Lord, and every one who possessed blue or purple or scarlet yarns, fine linens or goat's hair or tan ram skins or goat skins brought them. So in other words, everybody was bringing in a contribution. They were bringing in stuff. And all, verse 29, And all the men and the women, the people of Israel, whose heart moved them to bring anything for the work of the Lord, had commanded by Moses to be done, brought it as a free will offering to the Lord. And as it says here, my study Bible said in Moses, they were so much brought, Moses had to restrain them. So it's a beautiful picture of worship. It's a beautiful picture of how we respond to God's grace, God's mercy, and the life that God pre presents for us. So we're going to stop here. We're going to take um, a break for the night, then we'll come back tomorrow. We'll be back in the book of Exodus as we continue our study. So from me to all of you, as always, God bless you. Keep your hearts Centered on Christ, and now I'll turn the rest of the podcast over to my co-host in Zambia, Matali. Matali, hope you're doing great. Take it away. Hello. So today's teaching is coming from Exodus chapter 34, beginning at verse 1, all the way through to Exodus chapter 35, verses 1 through to verse 35. So I'll begin reading verse 1 of Exodus chapter 34. And it reads, the Lord, And the Lord said to Moses, Cut two tablets of stone like the first one, and I will write on these tablets the words that were on the first tablets, which you broke. Verse 2, So be ready in the morning, and come up in the, in the morning to Mount Sinai, and present yourself to me on the top of the mountain. Verse 3. And no man shall come up with you, and let no man be seen throughout all the mountain. Let neither flocks nor herds feed before the mountain. Verse 4. So he cut out two tablets of stone like the first ones. Then Moses rose up in the morning and went up Mount Sinai as the Lord had commanded him. 
and he took in his hand the two tablets of stone. So here we have the second tablets of the law. Um, that you know the first Moses, the first two tablets Moses had actually broken when he went down from the mountain at the time when they made the golden calf and they worshipped it. So this is, these were the, the second hewn stone tablets of the law. Verse 5 reads, And now the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. So God is proclaiming his name. He is um, declaring his might and his name. And, you know, a name always conjures up in the thinking of people certain things. I mean, like, um, if we get the name Nazi, it always conjures up certain things that we associate that name with, or Egypt, or Caesar. Um, so what comes to one's mind when, you know, when you just speak of a certain name? So in this particular case, God's now proclaiming his name, and it comes out of the experience that people have had already since they left Egypt. Scripture goes into verse 6, um, and the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth. Verse 7, keeping mercy for thousands Forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children of third and the fourth generation. <clears throat> so this is, you know, a glorious revelation of God. God does not extend mercy by shutting his eyes to inequality, sin must be punished, and um, the penalty must be paid. So, you know, um, God punishes sin. So he uh, keeps mercy and forgives iniquity because a sacrifice has been provided, and every sacrifice they made back in the day, in that day, they didn't that sacrifice actually didn't take away sin, but it pointed to the one who did. That's the Lord Jesus Christ when he came 1,900 years ago. So today, we need to note that we can commit a sin that will affect our children, our children's children, our you know great-grandchildren, our great-great-grandchildren. So one can't beat God or get around him or fool God. You know, God's not mocked. One can't fool God. One can't live in squalor and in sin and expect to just get by with it. God always works the same way. He doesn't change how he works and he deals with sin. Verse 8 goes on to read, So Moses made haste and bowed um, his head towards the earth and worshipped. And this was a good thing. Verse 9. Then he said, If 
now i have found grace in your sight oh lord let my lord i pray go among us even though we are stiff-necked people and pardon our iniquity and our sin and take us in your inheritance so here moses is now going speaking and here's the fourth time that these people are actually called stiff-necked it's the fourth time in the book of exodus here so god never you know he never saved these people because you know they were superior or special in any way um you know uh he, the Lord Jesus Christ, chose these people, and um, because he wanted to save the human race, and there was no special reason why they were actually chosen. Verse ten reads, and he said, "Behold, I make a covenant before all my people, before all your people." This is now uh, God speaking. Hmm. I will do marvels such that not have been in all the earth nor in any nation and all the people among you uh, shall see the work of God for it is an awesome my translation says an awesome in other translations a terrifying thing that I will do with you. So, um, yeah, in other translations, terrible thing or terrifying thing. So this was, um, didn't make mean like, you know, it was terrifying the things that God was going to do. So this is, um, to incite this terrifying thing. This was to incite terror. God is to do this because he was, it was part of the shield God was putting around these people. So they would have been destroyed by, um, you know, every hand of the enemy. Um, if God hadn't put a shield of protection around them. Verse 11 goes on to read. Observe that I command you this day. Behold, I am driving out from you the Amorites, the Canaanites, and the Hittites, and the Perizzites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites. So here, um, he is going to actually drive all of their enemies out. And this is the third time this, this is actually mentioned here. Verse 12 it goes on to read Take heed to yourself, lest you make a covenant with the uh, inhabitants of the land where you are going, lest um, it be a snare in your midst. So God has actually warned these his children, the people of Israel, not to make a covenant with the people in that land. You know, when the Gibeonites came to Joshua and they pretended they had actually come from afar, not from um, 
um, and not from that land. They actually had still bread to prove it, and you know, to prove it, and they showed Joshua. Verse 13 goes on to read, But you shall destroy their altars, break their sacred pillars, and cut down their wooden images. So, um, here, uh, the reason that they were to do all this. As God said, it would actually be dangerous for them to make the covenant with them, as it would bring um, it would actually bring these people back to idolatry. Verse fourteen goes on to read, "For you shall worship no other god, for the Lord whose name is jealous is a jealous God." And um, you know any person. Um, any person who actually loves, um, loves you will be jealous of the person they love. And, you know, this is not meant in a, you know, wrong or evil way. If one, if you love a person, you have a concern and a care for them. And hence the word. He loves us and he has a care and concern for us, just like he loved these, um, these children, the children of Israel. As 15 goes on to read, Least you make covenant with the inhabitants of the land, and they play the harlot with their gods, and make sacrifices to their gods, and one of them invites you, and you eat of sacrifice verse 16 and you take of his daughters for your sons and his daughters play the harlot with their god and makes your son play the harlot with their gods verse 17 you shall make no modern god for yourself so that that land it was covered with idols where they were going. And it and you know there was a lot of gross immorality and God warns them to be separate from those people and make <clears throat> no covenant with them at all. And they are to be driven out of the land. These people were driven out of the land. So the other reason that God also didn't want them mixing with his people, these people in the land is because of venereal disease and it was um, at epidemic stage and it would have polluted the entire human family if they um, it would have polluted the entire human family um, of God had it been permitted had God actually permitted them to remain in the land but he didn't and he had to clean them up. And he did some housekeeping and cleaned them up. So, um, verse 18 goes on to read. The feast of unleavened bread you shall keep seven days. And um, seven days you shall eat unleavened bread as I commanded you in the appointment time sorry in the appointed time 
of the month of Abib for in the month of Abib you come you came out from Egypt so here um, the Lord he goes on with the directions he's giving um, he's beginning to actually now prepare them to enter the land so he's giving them all these directions and instructions so drop down to verse 23 and it reads three times in the year all your men shall appear before the lord um oh sorry um let me just read that again three times in a year all your men shall appear before the lord god of israel verse 25 reads you shall not offer the blood of my sacrifice with and with leaven, nor shall the sacrifice of the feast of um, the Passover to be left until morning. So here, uh, he actually gives a lot of detailed um, directions and instructions concerning many things. Verse 26 goes on to read, The first of the first fruits uh, of your land we shall bring. Um, to the house of the Lord your God, you shall not boil a young goat in its mother's milk. So they were to put God first. And later on, it gives them the feast of the first fruits. So uh, the instructions go on in more detail. And now this brings us to chapter 35. And in chapter 35, the Lord actually turns to talk to them about the Sabbath day. And this is the third time that he is doing so. So we read verse 1 of chapter 35, and it reads, um, Then the Lord gathered all the congregation of the children of Israel together and said to them, these are the words which the Lord has commanded you to do. Verse 3. Work shall be done for six days, but seventh day shall be a holy day for you. Sabbath of rest. Um, Sabbath of rest to the Lord. Whoever does any work on it shall be put to death. Verse 3. You shall kindle no fire throughout your dwellings in on the sabbath day so as we actually study on um, the bible we and the book of exodus we will see that the lord insists that the reason for the sabbath was um, because he it actually belongs to the first creation so god rested on the sabbath day the sabbath was uh, um, <clears throat> particular and uh, definite relationship between him and the children of Israel because as mankind left the created hand of God he got away from God and a day came when he no longer recognized God and began to worship the creature not the creator and he gave up the sabbath day so god says it was uh them 
it was then actually when a, partic- a peculiar relationship between him and the children of Israel began. And then he began to put to or to give these instructions which apply more to the land um, and the people than they would to any other place. Okay, scripture is verse 4 of chapter um, chapter 35 <clears throat> and Moses spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel saying this is the thing which the Lord commanded saying um, verse 5 take from among you an offering to the Lord whoever it is of a willing heart let him bring it's to an offering to the Lord God, gold, silver, and bronze. So these gifts for, uh, they were for the making of the tabernacle. They were to actually be voluntary. It wasn't like um, um, compulsory. So people were not actually required or demanded of. Scripture goes into read verse 6. Um blue, purple, and scarlet scarlet thread, fine linen, goat's hair, lambskin, dyed red, bagger skin, and acacia wood. Oil for the light and spices for the anointing oil and for the sweet incense, onyx stone and stones to be set in the ephod and in the breast plate. So... Um, you know, all these things um, were um, being given by these people, and it was voluntary. So, in uh, their day, um, there wasn't such a thing as legal tender. You know, money, any medium of exchange. So, the method of barter was the exchange of goods. And today, this is, um, a, you know, a way that people actually can, there's so many ways that, sorry, that people can actually serve God. That's by giving things voluntarily, wholeheartedly. Um, so that, you know, you give voluntarily the things that you have. So it's always just not about signing your checks. It's about giving your time and, you know, giving something that you might feel, you know, will help um, the cause of Christ, the, you know, and, and will help send the message out there. There's so many ways in which one can actually serve God by helping. So people gave different things, and these people, um, they co- had collected a lot of back wages as they had been in slavery a long time in Egypt, and they kind of like literally wiped out the Egyptians, and they left with a great deal um, they left with a great deal of wealth from the land of Egypt. We drop down to verse 30 and 33 of Exodus 35. It reads, And Moses said to the children of Israel, See, the Lord has called by name 
the Zalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, um, of the tribe of Judah. And he has filled him with the spirit of God in wisdom and understanding, um, in knowledge and all manner of workmanship. So this man, hmm, Bizarrel, hope I'm pronouncing that right, he made the articles of furniture in the tabernacle. And um, if we drop down to verse 34, it actually reads, and he has put in the heart the ability to teach in him and Aholiab, the son of Aisamak of the tribe of Dan. So, um, you know, he was able to, this man, um, be, just read his name again, be Zerel. He was actually able to pass on his gift, this gift that the Lord had actually given him to someone else. Verse 35, we're going to read, he has filled them with skill to do all manner of work um, of the engraver and the designer and the tapestry maker and blue purple and scarlet thread and fine linen and of the weaver, those who do every work and those who design artistic works. So the tabernacle, it was an amazing and beautiful uh, and a very, very expensive um, place, thing that they actually built. It was made of the finest jewelry and the most skilled workmen um, built it. So... It was a beautiful, it, it was a beautiful thing. So um, this is um, our teaching for today. Thank you all for listening in. God bless you all and have a pleasant day. Bye.